All right, Kev, it's beautiful to see that mug right there. It's been a long-ass day. It's been a long-ass weekend, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, very excited to be back back on the grind here with a cut event, um, albeit a boring one, but a, a little appetizer to the greatest week of the year. But before we get into anything golf, I have breaking news to drop. Uh, so we have inspired the second offshoot podcast from our podcast. Katie, my wife, starting a podcast, just was like, you and Kevin just sit there and like talk. That looks fun. Like I, I should just do this about like stuff that I want to talk about. And yeah. She, she oh, that's great. Wait, what's yeah. uh is she going by herself or with people? She's got she's got a longtime friend that she went to high school with, uh, both moms, both pretty much the same person that she she has a test episode um out. But yeah, she she loves it. I, I was like, yes, I've been telling you. Like it's just it's fun to just bullshit on a Monday night. Yeah, it's um I I've enjoyed it a ton, obviously. And it's almost that now we've had like to look back and you know, we don't have a ton of episodes out, but to be in, I don't know, what are we double digits now? Yeah. I almost I don't want to say I've been like taking it for granted, but it's not a nice when I like refresh and be like, Yeah, like we have a you know, we have a decent body of work here and this is something to look forward to every week. And it's just, I don't know. It's just become like part of my weekly routine now, which is really cool. And I don't want that to to end. So yeah, it's been great. And I'm glad we are inspiring people out there. It really, it really is a lot of fun. And it's, um, it, it's, it doesn't seem like work. So, you know, it's a, it takes time out of our week every week, but um, it's the kind of thing you want to take time out of your week for. So it's, yeah, dude, it's, it's a hobby. And, and coincidentally, you were talking about like our, our longevity here with like, you know, the sustained run. But I went back and listened to our first episode just curiously to see what that sounded like. And I have to say, I think we've gotten better. Neither one of us sound like we're underwater, um, which is a big, a big upgrade. And I think, I think, you know, we're on the right track. Oh, yeah. yeah, We said uh, when I, when we had our first guest, Tom, on, I remember texting with him afterwards, you know, after we recorded that episode and he said that he had listened to some of our previous episodes, like as prep leading up to the show that he was doing. And he said the same thing that he thought, you know, the quality definitely improved from the first episode, but yeah, it's, it's not, not easy. You know, it takes uh, it's kind of thing you got to just do a few times, like most other things. And then you, you start to figure it out a little bit more, I think. Yeah. Yep. I hear you, but yeah, podcast two, we'll see if we can get like, you know, uh, be like the Bill Parcells coaching tree of, of, you know, amateur podcasting. Um, but dude, let's, let's get into some of the golf that was played. Um, this may be the last time we see this event. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, we had sort of an anticlimactic finals, um, in a surprise run, uh, from the champ, Sam Burns, who defeated Cam Young in the final Kev, good pick having Cam Young in the final, obviously wrong on the other side, but at least your, you know, one pick was, was correct. Um, me on the other hand, uh, my biggest bloodbath of the year so far in gambling, I, I don't know what the exact number is. And even if I did, I wasn't I'm not really sure I'm going to be, you know, sharing that type of stuff, but I am ice freezing cold. And it started with the preview, you know, Tony Finau as champion was a great, you know, a great start right there. That was a, a tough playoff hole for me watching him, you know, blade a fairway bunker shot into like a, a bush uh, behind the green. Um, so him being eliminated was rough. You know, Tom Hoagie not winning a match. That's that's pretty rough, too. 
you know, Kevin Kisner not winning a match. Like I was just pretty much every time there was a chance to be wrong, I took advantage. And then as the tournament went on, I kept just digging deeper and deeper, trying to, you know, get some outrights on, you know, people that were down in matches, trying to pick matchups going forward. Every time there was a chance to be wrong, I did it. And I just want to congratulate myself on that. And I think, you know, going forward, we have to be in a in a mode where if you're listening to me, you should be fading me um, until further notice. But I'm still going to try to try to get it together. here. Yeah, I was in a similar type situation. I think that Cam Young was about the only thing that I did get correct. Um, I actually, I had I had a decent number of people correct to come out of the first round. I think I entered my bracket into one of like the free PGA uh, contests that they have on their website, and uh, I think out of like almost three thousand people, mine finished like top six five six hundred so it was was not nothing great but like in the top maybe 25 ish percent so um not terrible not great but um what else yeah okay so betting wise we talked about like i talked about on last week's episode the strategy of like betting guys in the first you know the first couple matches and then moving on I, it's funny now that I that we are finally able to bet legally in the state of Massachusetts. Like before that happened, I was always just of the mindset that I was never going to be allowed to bet legally no matter where I was. Like it wasn't a thought that entered into my mind in terms of like when I traveled. And now that I'm, it's legal in Massachusetts, the thought of traveling to other states and then not being able to bet also doesn't enter my mind. So I went to Vermont this weekend and unfortunately was not able to, <laughs> to place any bets, you know, currently uh, or currently, you know, on Friday, Saturday as the, the sort of weekend went on. But, uh, but I did all right on the first day. I had a pretty, uh, like a 10 to one parlay that just, Miss that had Cam Young coming out of the first round, Scotty coming out of the first round, who both hit, and then I ended up taking Rom uh to come out who didn't did not hit. Um so that was unfortunate, but I hit one on I hit just Cam individually coming out. So that was at least a small uh consolation prize. Yeah, that's a pretty good hit right there. And he played great um all, all weekend. Uh I was sort of a little worried about the caddy chains, but that looked to have have at least worked uh, for this for this one event. Um, but I really got caught. I just think everybody that I thought, uh, especially the chalk that I thought was going to falter, did not. And and the chalk that I thought was going to hit uh did not as well. Um, I was just trying to live bet against Rory over and over and over, and and he played great. Uh, you know, the equipment change looks to be to be good. Um, you know, him and Xander, I think I read shot like a best ball 68 in whatever round that was like, that was a great match. He played good. Um, and like I said, I lost a lot of money trying to trying to go against him and just kept being wrong. And, and Jordan Spieth, same thing, like just I don't know how, you know, in Texas, in the match play format, like he just he just didn't play good. And then John Rahm, um I don't know what's going on, but a few tournaments in a row here where it just hasn't looked sharp, especially off the tee and, and you know, going into Augusta in a couple of weeks, like not, you know, you sort of thought he'd be the favorite to win early in the season. And now, you know, not so sure. Yeah, Rory and obviously Sam Burns, the winner, was probably the two I was most wrong. I'm probably the two I was fading, the, the biggest chalk plays I was fading the most and uh, was the most incorrect on obviously yeah a little disappointing uh given the final four 
the final match that we had. You obviously would have liked to see Rory and Scheffler or even, you know, like Rory Burn, you know, at least Rory or Scheffler in there in yeah. some respect would have been good. But um, but yeah, Rory Rory uh, proved me wrong, certainly. I I was very down on him. Not like you know, obviously, like his game is so strong, but it was more like the comments and like the excuses he was making in the media that I think bothered me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I let that bother me more than I should have, but uh, that led me to believe that his like mental game was not uh, as strong as it needed to be, and I think he um, he bounced back in a big way. So, but that just makes it even more interesting going into next week. So we'll see what what happens. Yeah, I mean. Uh, you know, that's, that's all we'll, we'll get into sort of not, not many of those guys playing uh, in this tournament this week, because the main event is next week. But my final thought to sort of wrap up the ma- uh, match play is that, you know, it's going to be off the schedule next year. And I'm just super depressed about that. Like really, really love this event and just love the format. Like we, we've, I think you've, you've touched on this a bunch that just the monotony of 72 hole stroke play four rounds is uh, just, just brutal. Um, and this is a great, a great changeup, you know, an exciting course. And just you're seeing guys do things you're never going to see. And uh, yeah, I just don't don't agree with it being off the schedule. And I know a lot of the interviews that I heard from the players sort of echoed the same sentiment. So I hope we can get back to that in some form going forward, because I, it, it'll be an event that I certainly miss. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they need to find a way to, if it's not going to be that event, to at least work match play in somewhere else. Um and I hope they do too. It just it provides for um, a lot of randomness, but a lot of that it forces the players to play in a way that is more thrilling um, and risk taking, and and that just makes for good TV. And and like when they, I, I think the biggest thing is like when they get in trouble in stroke play, like you're just going to take the bogey and move on. Like if you're in a really bad spot, but if you're like behind a tree in match play and especially if it's coming down towards the end of the match, like you're still going to try to make birdie. And the few times where they're able to pull it off is what makes for like the really compelling party. Yeah. So, so just before we get into the Valero, because like I've, I think we've, I've, I've alluded to a lot. The field is super weak. I'm, I'm thinking about some of the trends going into the masters and I, you know, we will salivate on the masters next week, but just to sort of think about like, I, I was, I was really, anti-Rory uh and I think his game had been trending that way and my question to you is like after this week do you think like he's on the right track and I'd say the same thing for like all the chalk that I think we were both incorrect about like I think we both sort of thought John Rahm would be a shoe-in to get out of his group at least and progress far into the tournament didn't play well didn't play well at the players um you know hasn't hasn't played his a game for a while um Jordan Spieth same thing, like another, you know, inconsistent performance. Like, which of these trends do you think is sort of worrisome? And, and you know, are we just sort of throwing it all out going into Augusta? Because I know, you know, one tournament is not a big enough sample size to change, like, a trajectory, but. Yeah. yeah. The, I, there's a couple guys who I think if you – are looking at their match play result. Like I'll, I'll use Hatton, for example, because he, he went 0 three and obviously didn't come out of his group, but like, I, I don't think he played terribly. And and before that he was on a really good stretch. So like with him, I, I'm not going to weigh it um, very heavily. And the, the other thing too, is you have to look at like the, 
the match, like the score, like, right. So if you're looking at the scorecard in terms of the matches lost, like what did the other guy do? Did he play a great round also and just got beat? So it, like just looking at the record from the match play, I, I think can um, mislead you a lot of times. There was somebody, I think even, uh, I think this only happened once, but somebody lost, actually lost strokes total and won their group and like that like that can happen not doesn't happen yeah. often obviously but like if if the chips fall your way and like you just win the right holes and and everything kind of aligns for you um that can happen so yeah i'm not taking um too much away from the match play i will say that like it, it did the opposite for me in terms of like like you mentioned the guys all like i'm, I'm considering now like rory obviously a lot more for the masters than I would have been like if Rory goes 0 and three and doesn't come out of his group, yeah, I'm probably not on him in any way, shape or form going into the masters. Yep. Just because I think that that's enough of like a sample size, but now you have some things to think about. So, so in that way, like getting me on guys that I was potentially, you know, maybe off previously, I, I could see that happening. Nice. Yeah. Reinforced for me that who, who we thought Scotty Scheffler is, he still is like that dude is just, that dude's pretty great. I do have an outright on Scheffler, which I am happy. Probably the yeah. only – that's probably the, the safest person that I feel to have an outright on at this point, I would say. He comes out as a favorite, you think, right? Got to – Scotty, yeah. Yeah. Tied uh, with Rory, tied with Rom. That's, those have been the three, like, in all the big events that have been up at the top. Yeah. Favorite. I think um, – Should be, in my opinion. I think, I think Scheffler should be by himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right right now, all, yeah, they're, t- they're all at seven to one. Um, oh, you can already see it. Nice. Um, yeah, I have it on DraftKings now. Yeah. But um, and who do you think is fourth? Oh, um, this, this will probably surprise you. I, I don't know. Maybe. I'll go. It should be as much as I hate to say it, like Homa, right? Uh, yeah. Am I looking at the right thing? Wow. No, Homa is way down. It should huh. not way down, but like he's twenty-five to one. I, they, yeah, I don't know. Speeth is oh, get the fuck the out of here, dude. There's no way. There's no way. Eighteen to one. That's there's insane. no way. He's there's above. No way. He's above Tony. He's above Cam Smith. He's above Cantlay. Yeah, I just did. I strongly disagree with that, but I don't have to bet it. That's the that's the glory of of gambling, I guess. People just want to bet speed of the Masters. They know. <laughs> it is super fun, right? Yeah. All right. Speaking of speaking of super fun, except the opposite, let's get to the Valero Open. Uh, this will be held at TPC San Antonio, the Oaks course there. And as we've sort of mentioned, too, a lot of the big names just taking the, taking the week off and prepping for the Masters. But there are uh, a few guys in this field that could get into the Masters with a win. Uh, I know we've talked about Ricky Fowler uh, a few times, so Definitely pulling for him here, but you know, despite the the slim field, um, really tough golf course here. Seventy five hundred yards, uh, par seventy two. Um, the cut has never been under par at this event in the last decade, I believe. I read today, and and also something to watch for the um, the front nine plays incredibly difficult. The back nine does not. Um, I forget the years, so I won't say um, I won't say that part. But I read a stat today that. Over some span of recent time, um, the the front nine is like something like thirty three hundred over par, and the back nine is like eight hundred over par or something. So you know both sides tough, tough course. Um, 
Last year's defending champ, J.J. Spawn, um, will be in the field. But, you know, slim pickings on a on a tough, long course. Um, so, you know, what are you seeing going into going into this event? Yeah, that's interesting about the the course and the um, uh, the you said the win, the winning score or the cut line was always the cut over? line has never been under par. Interesting. Yeah, I did not know that. That's uh, that's good to know. Um, yeah, same thing. I think it's a it's a field where um, you know, we've seen some of these weaker fields kind of make for some good TV though, and uh, some, some strong finishes. So um still excited for it i i think um and i think you can pick your spots like a little bit down towards like the middle of the board there's some like lesser known names um that we don't see some like euro guys or some guys coming over from like different parts of the world um and also some guys who did really well um at the alternate event last week in Corrales, a couple guys um, play really well there who are playing this week. So uh, just keeping in mind, you know, there was two events last week. I don't think it was really possible to watch very much of the other one while the match play was going on, but um, some guys in this field who did play really well there as well. So I'll be looking at some of that also. Yeah. It sounds like we may be on the same guys. So I'm actually excited to get to the picks. Um, but when I sort of look at, at what I want to target this week, uh, this is an extremely long course, so I'm going to probably be a little partial to longer hitters. Um, and then these are uh, among the toughest or, you know, down there with Riviera, uh, you know, the Genesis, the Genesis event course um, with the hardest greens to hit on tour. Um, you know, just just difficult, difficult all around. Par threes are all uh, near or above 200 yards. Um yeah, yeah, very tough. So I'm going to be looking for the the long hitters, um, guys that that play par fives well. Um, and Kev said I I really do think there is some value uh, on some of the some of the middle of the board, um, especially some of the Euro guys. So uh, I do like one favorite. I would say um, I do really want Ricky to win this event. Just as a side note, but the one of you know at the top of the board, if I'm looking at a favorite, I like Corey Connors. Um, just a guy. Very long hitter, uh, plays par fives well, good ball striking, um, played well uh, over the last couple of weeks, played well at the um, at the match play. Um, I like him going in, but then here's sort of my favorite my favorite area. Um, I've said this name every week since he's been over in the states, but Ryan Fox at forty to one, just awesome, awesome fit for this course. His his putter was atrocious at the max uh, match play, um, but but again, very long off the tee. Um, you know, great, great ball striker as well. And then Nikolai Hogard, uh, extremely long hitter who plays on the Euro- European tour um, at 45 to one. Like just dude's got a ton of game. And then I like Aaron Rye at 55 to one. Other guy has been playing very well and, and can go quite low. Um, yeah, I, I, like you said, I, I'm just I love I love the middle of the board. And I like I like all these guys coming over from the DP tour overall. Yeah, love that. Um, yeah, Ho, uh, Nick Nikolai Ho, Hogard. Yeah, I'm not really sure how to say his last name, but yeah, if you look up, he has two. Uh, he played in two majors last year. He played in the PGA and the Open Championship. I believe he he missed the cut for one of them and made the cut with like maybe a top forty finish or something at the other one. But his right, he does have three wins. I think. Um, outside of that in europe uh two of them i believe and then one somewhere else i can't i can't remember but he, ha- he has some really good recent history and um 
Yeah, I think he's like 22, 23 years old, but but really strong player. Um, he's going to be a big name very soon here. A couple other guys I'm looking at as well. I like Chris Kirk. Um, uh, Siwoo I like a lot as well. Yeah. Um, and then going a little bit further down, I like you know he won in Corrales, uh, but I like him on really tough courses just in general. And he is um, really strong around the greens. Ed mentioned a lot of missed greens here. It's interesting because the greens are, I think, above average in size, but they get missed like they're very small for some reason. I don't really know why that is. Uh, but I like Matt Wallace a lot as well. Um, yeah. Yep. And let's see. I think that was pretty much it. Yeah, I had I had those few guys sort of um, picked out there. I don't know if you have anybody else further down. I, I do. I have one name. Luke List, going back to the well for the 50th time. I think it's going to pay off this time. But fits the profile of what I, what I sort of want here. I just want dudes that can attack uh, all this length on the course. Um, and I know Luke List has some serious weaknesses. Um, but, you know, first-round leader, first-round top five is sort of where I'm going with there. And then sort of my, my um, you know, something interesting this week, Terrell Hatton, Hideki Matsuyama, sort of right up at the top of the board, both carrying like what I would call, I guess, like the questionable designation going into this, going into this tournament. Um, Terrell Hatton, uh, first day of the match play, warming up on the range, was favoring his hand um, pretty bad. Uh, didn't play terribly, but went 0-3 uh, in the matches. Um, you know, didn't look super sharp, but just something to pay attention to. Uh, and then Hideki Matsuyama actually had to withdraw. Um, I don't know if he was forced to withdraw. I don't really know if his match held significance at that point, but withdrew from his last match because of a lingering neck injury um, that has actually been with him for a couple, uh, you know, a few months now um, since the start of the season. So just looking at those two guys as guys who will be, um, you know, in the conversation at the Masters. So definitely want to see them get through this event unscathed um, going into Augusta. Love that. Yeah, I got one other guy. Uh pretty far down the board as well. I actually listed right below your guy, Luke List, on the odds board here, and that is oh uh, Akshay, All the way down. Akshay uh, Bhatia, who is, uh, if you look up like his last 10 starts, it goes something like uh, T7, T4, cut, cut, cut. Right. Second cut. <laughs> he, I think I think this past week at Corrales, he shot like a 73 on the first day and then opened with like a 29 on the front nine on Friday and just like tore it up. He he is like the definition of, of volatile, very young, um, kind of just getting his start. I believe he just got his uh, official tour card uh, very recently here. So I was seeing a lot more of him. We saw him uh, at the Honda. There was a famous like um, – image of him on twitter he was like hitting a ball out of the water with no shirt on and he had like mud covered all over him <laughs> and uh yeah so oh i think also azinger called him quote the tannest guy on tour i believe he is a comment that he made on the air so okay. <laughs> not really something you should say for a guy who's uh indian i believe but uh yeah you know so uh he's some guy i'll be looking at for sure um Again, like probably not somebody I'll pick for the pool because he's very likely to miss the cut as much as he is to top 10, but uh, an interesting watch for sure. Yeah, I like that. And and like I've like I've been hinting at and we'll hint at again, like we we have to get to next week. Like this this is a tough tournament to pick, but like literally I'm looking at my little like notes right here. Number one is just like you have to make this cut. This is such a big tournament because you I don't care if I get cut at the masters, I need to be a part of the masters event 
in this pool. Correct. Like it's very important. It would be such a downer to not be. Yeah, it's it un, be. It'd be unbearable. So this is this is a big one um, to get through. So I'm I'm really uh, going to try to do that. Um, before we go off here, uh, I, I got to bring this up again. Um, Kev, 41 putts uh, yesterday in my round. Like just not at all what you're looking for uh, in, you know, 18 holes of golf. And I don't know if I need to make this like the therapist chair, but I am, I am lost on the greens right now. It's not, not a pretty sight. Um, and, and, you know, it makes watching, makes watching golf hard because I'm far, far away from what they're doing on TV. Is it um, just a ton of three putts or worse than three three, putts? Worse than three three putts? There are a few, I think I only had one worse than three, but I had a lot of threes. Uh, three of the first four holes, I three putted. Uh, just not not the way you want to start. It's from and every what, distance too. Like I was going to no say, like what's what's the starting distance usually? No, like, no distance is safe. I'll say that. <laughs> but I've actually been hitting the ball, I think, decently. But it just doesn't matter. It's just not even not even close. And it's it's speed. It's read. It's just it's it's looking poor. It's looking poor, and it's uh, it's becoming a little worrisome. Yeah, putting is a funny thing, you know. Um, I, I, I'm definitely not a person to talk to in terms of like, I don't know. I, I can miss short putts with probably the I'm probably better at it than anybody else. But it's a it's such a confidence and such a streaky thing that, um, when it's going really well for you, you feel like you will have it figured out forever, and when it's not, you feel like you're never gonna be able to make a putt again and that's uh that's probably one of the most frustrating things of all time what's the uh take us through your setup real quick what's the what's the approach all right so i will say this right now uh there's like i there's nothing i feel comfortable with so it's changing quite a bit um but that maybe that's the issue is just i don't know i don't know how to stand i don't know if i'm standing up too straight too hunched over I don't know if I'm too close to the ball. I don't know if I'm too far away. I don't know if it's too far forward. I don't know if I'm taking too big a backswing. Normally, like you said, when when you're at least, maybe if you're not putting good, like maybe you're not making putts, but at least you feel good about it, you have like a, a normal free throw routine. And I do not right now, which could be part of the issue. Like I have, I have my routine. I do the same thing every time, but doesn't feel, I don't feel ready to go when it's time to, to hit the ball because yeah. I know it's not going in. So it does like that's, <laughs> that's the hesitation. It's like, maybe if I just don't take this stroke, you know, the ball will just go in by itself. Maybe we could just go with the automatic two putt like we do in the simulator. Uh, that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I, all right, I like where your head's at. <laughs> we'll get you there. We're the season is young. That's right. All right. Any lingering thoughts here? Nope, I think we're good to go. Let's get let's uh survive this week and on to the masters.